This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Lead Without Limits, the podcast that explores how your mind and soul energy, together with your actions and intentions, impact your leadership presence and bring heart and consciousness into your life. Join your host, certified business and life coach, Stefania Rigo, as she brings you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business in their community. And as she gives you the wisdom you need to help shape the future of society and our planet. Now here's your host, Stefania. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This week in the Transformational Tidbit segment, I'll be talking about chunking it down to the one inch. That's coming up later. First up is the Lead Without Limits featured guest interview with Wendy Colonna. There's so much to say about incredible Wendy. She is an Austin-based musician who's passionate about the powerful ways in which music brings people together. Whether it's globetrotting on tour, releasing original music, writing for ads, or coaching creatives, She's committed to building bridges of meaning and connection between artists and audiences. She's a recognized songwriter acclaimed for her iconic building commercial for Coca-Cola. Over the past 20 years, Wendy has recorded eight albums. I have to say I'm the proud owner of a few of those and has been called ethereal by the New York Times and a gifted singer-songwriter by the Wall Street Journal. In 2014, at South by Southwest, she was a panelist covering the topic of why you matter to brands, why brands matter to you. Over the years, she's had the joy of collaborating with a variety of people, including TEDx organizers, K-pop composers, corporate team building professionals, conference chairs, and ag executives. Her current project is called Lyriculture, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Without further ado, welcome, Wendy. Hi, Stefania. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming. Yes. So let me start by asking about Lyriculture. I know a little bit about it, but not that much. And I know the audience is going to love hearing about this project. Okay. Um, Lyriculture is perhaps the best way to call it. It's sort of like an umbrella of all my, that that, uh, it's an umbrella that contains all my superpowers. (laughs) Um, I've spent a lot of years writing songs. I've spent a lot of years um, in service, producing events, uh, connecting art to people, musically, especially. And, um, and in most recent years, you know, coaching and working in team building and working to bridge the gap between businesses um, and sort of creating musical mantras for them, so to speak, or theme songs. And so, um, and helping, helping people participate in that. So there was a, a moment at which I realized all of these things could live in one place. And uh, I could also bring along a lot of my amazing musician friends on the journey and probably do some really good work in the world by 
helping to empower people to think a little differently about the way that they um, embody their mission and their values and the power that, you know, that music can bring to their world and their businesses. That's really fantastic. We, we often, uh, I think, compartmentalize the creative from the business, right? Um, and, and the integration of this sounds like a really powerful tool. Um, I was thinking in terms of um, creating even company culture through sure. the creative process of music. To, uh, what do you think about uh, how that can, how music and the creative can be applied towards a leader creating culture? Well, I think 2020 has shown us that creativity is key to keeping business alive and that it might be one of the most important overlooked things in our worlds, in, in the business world. We can do lots of planning, lots of strategizing, lots of uh, values and, and mission setting. We can put goals together and have quarterly, you know, uh, uh, sort of objectives. However, but without creativity, we don't know how to pivot. We don't know how to seize an opportunity. We don't know how to read the market as the market is changing. So I think creativity has become a really like necessary part of the corporate and business world from small, from small businesses all the way up to the very top of, you know, I mean, look at Amazon. They're the, they're the, the biggest company in the world because they just kept pivoting because they kept being creative about their offerings and boy, are they on top? So it's, um, it's really beautiful to see the value of creativity uh, showing up and sort of like, the, the, the thing it's asking of people is how do you stay on your toes? How do you pay attention? How do you vision what's possible? And I feel like um, there's a real opportunity to bring sort of the nerdy vision work that, that people do around the round table and the C-suite, but um, don't always embody and, and so like there's, there's something about embodying and really like giving life to a vision or a set of values. And um, there's nothing like, um, you know, John Lennon's Imagine to tell you what an embodied vision sounds like and feels like, you know. Um, there are so many amazing songs out there that really speak to this. And yet for some reason, um, it feels like there's some, in, invisible barrier between um, that can happen, but it happens in the advertising department. Well, what if it happened in the C-suite? What if um, managers and uh, leaders were invited to embody their values and their vision in a different way, in, a, in the sort of way that John Lennon embodied his vision? It's not impossible. And in fact, it's really inspiring if you can feel the results before you even put the first foot forward. Yes, 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 yes. I'm reading a book. I can't remember the author's name. Bad to mention a book and not remember the author. Beg everybody's pardon. Called Creative Rules, and it's about innovation. So what? And 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 the reason I made the connection is to really innovate, we have to imagine first. Yes. Yes. And and maybe even not even have evidence that that's possible. Right. <laughs> The vision is, is the key because the vision is what wakes you up. It's what gets in your blood. It's what pushes you forward when things feel impossible. You know, people don't sign up for uh, an Ironman because they're great at it. They sign up at it because they can't even imagine, but they want to imagine themselves completing this like 
in, insanely amazing feat. And um, because they have to prove something or they have this, they have a feeling they're going after. The goals that we set are based on feelings. They may also be based on numbers, but they're always based on feelings. And what if you could really bring, and there's nothing like music to evoke feelings. Music is so, the only yeah. thing that brings us together despite our you know, philosophical differences. We can all be disagreeing on pretty much every policy on, in Washington and still like all give our hearts to a song. That is power. And I think that when we lead with a creative vision, then we have a much stronger foot forward than, you know, than other people, because there's a feeling that we're really committed to. And that's it. That's the innovation. That's the, if you can imagine it, if you can really like, without any evidence, put that foot forward and know that that's the feeling you're going for. And music, I mean, the vibrations of music, it hits you in your whole body from the bottom to the top. I mean, if you got a good groove going on, your bottom is shaking. If you're, if you're intellectually stimulated by an idea of a utopian society, like, like, um, like in John Lennon's Imagine, like uh, even, you know, there's so many beautiful songs that uh, speak about, you know, the afterlife in that way. And, uh, you know, we just, our hearts open up, you know, our bodies open up, we're receptive to the possibility. And that is where I think, you know, uh, innovation is possible because no longer is it about this ego or this specific number that we're going for. It's about the feeling. And the more you can embody that feeling, the more committed you're going to be. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you're leading a team, right? Um, you've got to be able to lead from a place of where your vision inspires passion. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and, and that is an emotional feeling. I, um, uh, often think of what, not what am I going to say to my clients or not what I'm going to say, um, on stage, if I have a speaking gig, what experience, what yes. feelings do I want my audience, my client to experience, Yes. Uh, what would serve their highest good to experience? Where can I open the space for that emotional experience for sure? And isn't that what business and service is all about? If you're creating a service or a business, you're creating an experience. I mean, people aren't buying the running shoes. They're buying the experience that they have in the running shoes. People aren't buying the cup of coffee. They're buying the feeling that they're having from the cup of coffee. And that's cultural and quality of product. I mean, there's a combo. There's like a little magic that happens, but the passion that you're talking about is what infuses the product, I believe, and the service. Yeah. Yeah. Very and so good. that you're, you're of service whenever you're in business, truly everybody, like Bob Dylan says, you got to serve somebody. <laughs> Everyone yeah. is in service. And so when you make it about you, you disconnect that relationship that's possible. In the world of exhaustive marketing, there's nothing like personal connection. There's nothing like brand loyalty because of the feeling, right? Right. And it's music nothing. has done that forever, right? How many, and I'm not good, <laughs> I, I will not sing, I will spare you in the audience my singing. <laughs> but how many jingles? I mean, the jingle, the whole jingle concept, right? Jingles are great. They're you know, music is so funny because um, it's a learning tool. It's a memory stimulator. I mean, you look at little tiny children who learn 
specifically only from a song. Think about your ABCs and, you know, so on and so forth. And then you go to B-O-L-O-G-N-A. I mean, who would know how to spell baloney otherwise? <laughs> and like you think about um, the memory care facilities in which people who have had dementia for long periods of time and you, they, they hear a song and all of a sudden their bodies like completely awakened to that song and they're they're brought right back into a memory. It's, I mean, there's so much neuroscience that's like showing up saying like music is powerful, music stimulates learning, uh, memory, emotion. And yeah, I mean, jingles, I mean, it's not, we feel these things in our bodies, but it's the way our brains are wired to receive them. It's it's kind of a magical and wonderful thing. And what's really beautiful is that um, nobody has to have a degree in music to be touched by it. You know, it, it, there's an, e- there's an access point everywhere for everyone. And I think that's one of the most fascinating things about it. Like when you think about other arts, like Moby says, you, you, music is the only thing you do in the shower. It's the only art that happens in the shower. I love that. Like everybody has an access point to it. And I think like with painting or other things, people can create barriers of experience or barriers of education and like architecture, you know, uh, any, any other sort of like uh, craft that is like complex like that, but music has access points everywhere. And so it like the, from the jingles to the anthems to, you know, the, the, the griot tales um, in, in Africa, like that is how history was told. It was embodied in the song. People's, there were people whose only job their whole life was to learn the song of their people. Wow. That's powerful. powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So how do you uh, bridge your coaching? Cause I know you're a certified coach also, your creative um, musical part and, and, and help um, companies and, and teams kind of open up a whole new way of looking at team building, problem solving, et cetera. Right, okay. So there's a few ways that we can do this. One of the beautiful things is um, the lyriculture experience is very customizable. Um, we can work with as few as one or two people to get an embodied song uh, to use for an advertisement or a marketing piece. Or we can work with a small team uh, or a small business um, to sort of pull out their vision, mission, values. The way we do uh, that is I give like a little presentation that sort of explains why music and how music and um and then we just play games we literally come to the table with a sense of play discovery um and and i know that it can be a little vulnerable but i i set it up so that everyone is just engaged in a playful experience and along the way step by step we build a song together through the play. I mean, we pull out your values and your mission and we play games with like what songs do what and how. I share a little bit about the anatomy of a song. We choose what we're going to do together. We make an intention together and we start to build it. And it's all fun because that's a part of culture building. It's to get into a different space. It's to learn about your peers' strengths and learn about them through a different light. Music tends to do that because you know, as we start offering like, what's your favorite this? And what's your favorite that? And what's your soundtrack song for love? And what, you know, it becomes a way to learn about people. And we start to build, you know, this meaningful piece for you to walk away with. 
Um, if it's a really large group, we have a program that's really cool where um, I play the games virtually. Like these days we can do them on, on, on Zoom and whatever, which is really cool. And I'll play the game and do the experimenting and we use softwares to populate word clouds and do other stuff and I'll sing and we'll just play. But I'll have a musician working in the background to create the song while I'm pulling out of the group. So if it's like a hundred person and they want more of a fun music building experience, then my, you know, my musician counterpart, um, my teammate is like listening and pulling and producing. Oh. And so I'll do a little music set and that's when they finish producing and then they perform the song for the team, like the big group. So you can do it small and intimate. You can do it large and fun. Um, you still walk away with a, a real embodied experience using music as play culture building. And then, you know, there's like the really juicy stuff that are the, the, the other, you know, cool offerings that I've done that are really fun look like um, someone has it. This is back in the day of conferences. <laughs> well, we were all, we will get back there again. We will be we back there. together um, in a room. Yes. Like we've been hired to do, um, I learn about the special sponsors and partners for a conference and then uh, write a specifically special welcome song for everyone to set the tone of the conference, uh, saying all the insider scoop stuff to everybody, which is really wow. sweet. So in the song, it kind of like shares. Um, I recently did a beautiful thing for an organization here, a nonprofit who had a really hard year and it was celebrating the spirit of their organization and why they still are together and still committed to their mission. Like mm. that was a beautiful because just mm. I had the the good fortune of writing this thing that spoke to, you know, their their struggle but also their commitment. What what a beautiful thing. Like um yeah. and the other thing is, you know, we can use it at user experience uh conferences where you have clients come to our booth and share we have surveys and ways to take uh -huh. in information. And then at the end of the conference, we have a video and audio presentation of the song. Like there's so many different ways to like pull the experience out of people. Endless ways. Yeah. And you know, um, I'm, I, um, the whole time you've been talking, I've been thinking of vulnerability, right? Sure. And we're talking so much, thanks to Brene Brown these days about vulnerability and leadership. And as you were describing the experience, people naming their favorite song, you know, it is a way of um, exposing ourselves and being vulnerable to uh, maybe people that, you know, are in a C-suite above us or uh, coworkers that don't know us that well. That is very human, right? Yes. Uh, my, yeah. Yeah, the songs of our life are a real revelation of, you know, what is important to us, what our yes. values are and yes. what we connect with. And it's a way of sharing that with a team and an organization um, that is really different than sitting around and doing a values assessment. Absolutely. I think it is such a disarming uh, thing. If you come at it from a spirit of play, if you come at it from a spirit of sharing these soundtrack moments of your life or sharing um, your vision in like, if I had a Spotify playlist or an Apple playlist of my like, go get them songs. That's another thing that, you know, 
we play with is like also referencing these soundtrack pieces or these pieces that are motivators or these pieces. So we're, we're piecing together using music as a tool of togetherness, uh, connection beyond these barriers or these perceived barriers of status. I mean, when you go to a music festival, you don't know who the guy in the t-shirt next to you is. Uh, you know, it might be some famous CEO of some company or it might be some guy flipping burgers, but you're both jamming along. Like this experience is designed to have that same, you're vulnerable, your heart's open, you're present. And yeah. there's it's so almost people, like music is the great equalizer, right? It is, I think so, but. I'm a little biased, maybe. No, I've just no, never seen it anywhere else. I've never seen that kind of bridge. And I believe right now, um, every bridge of connection is important. Every yes. place where we can disarm ourselves and feel safe, sharing is important because we have a lot to do in seeing one another and listening to one another and really valuing one another's perspectives and that's going to rebuild our world or our sort of you know collective spirit after this pandemic and everything else I mean everybody's had a transformative experience in this and what if music was a big tool in helping to heal that absolutely yeah and I I am so grateful that you are doing this work because you were your indie musician for years touring writing songs and playing in front of audiences and I know you still do that and that's still really important but these bridges you're building are so so important the more we learn about how we create um, innovate and how to access certain parts of our brain. I know you and I are kind of brain nerds. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk about the hippocampus. Well, I so think sexy what I say. Yeah. It's like talking about like what's possible and the hippocampus as the place of, you know, where, where we create from the place from which we create and understand what's possible and where dreams come from and how action is born there because it is literally, you know, sort of the center of the brain that helps us to vision next steps and strategy and create new things. That's innovation and creativity. And right now, I mean, I also think, um, you know, in, in, in the world that we live, I, I also just wanted to add, like I am building a team of musicians who are re come from very diverse backgrounds to do this work with me. I don't particularly need to be the musician um, doing the song building with everybody. I'm working with some amazing members of my musical community because I believe that they hear and see things differently and they can speak to different companies, organizations, people and create stuff with them. So my role in this is also to create connections and bridges between musicians who do amazing work and the audiences and companies and groups who could use their um, expertise to, you know, bridge that. So um, that was one of the things, I mean, you talked about me being an indie artist and I, and I just wanted to say like, I've loved that. And I also really love um, being a connector and like seeing what's possible when. So in this area of, you know, embodying diversity and equity and inclusion, I am really like enjoying like creating these experiences so that we can speak to that with artists who come from different backgrounds, embodying these groups, maybe bringing courage out into the forefront of, uh, you know, these groups of these teams and people and, and, and work into it like, 
that larger vision stuff, that hippocampus stuff, what's possible? How, how can we see things differently? Um, when we look at it from this angle, when we're telling it in a narrative, how does it look? When we share it in an anthem, how does it look? You know, what is, how does our story get told in a musical way that has a boom, an impact? And if we could only do it with one phrase as a jingle, how is this possible? What's the quintessential thing we need to leave with somebody in a sound bite? Yeah. Wow. Like yeah, what's wow. the melody? Yeah. You know, what's the beat? How does it go? <laughs> yeah. Very, very powerful. I love this. I love this. I love I um the collaboration with the other musicians that's so powerful. Uh each voice is unique, right? Yes. One of the things that we need to come out of this period we've been in is um this renewed commitment to hear everybody's unique voice for sure so yeah. glad to hear you speak to that 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 is that is necessary and um it's so powerful whenever active listening happens and you know with music active listening does happen people lean forward instead of leaning back they lean into it they want it there's a part of their body that needs it Yes. And that's powerful because so often when people are sharing their beliefs, we're leaning back, we're shielding ourselves, we're covering ourselves, we're hiding, we're afraid it's going to change us or impact us or, or hurt us. What if they're sharing their beliefs in such a way that is inviting us to a new experience? It's so much more seductive yes. whenever it's delivered in a way that's accessible. And I just think that with the voices of artists who can like really channel what these people's true intentions are. Maybe everybody's reforming their values or their, you know, company structures or what, what their true intention is nowadays. I mean, everybody's world's been shaken. So what a great opportunity to see what's possible and do it, you know, with a, with a melody, something that sticks, nothing sticks like that. Nothing sticks like that is right. Um, incredible conversation. Thank you so much, Wendy. I know how busy you are. I know you're a mom with a new puppy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, probably uh, writing songs for some new album. I know you've set up some beautiful virtual events. Um, it, it, uh, you've been incredibly innovative this year on what you've brought forth and the, the way you've led in your own life, your own business, in your community. I am so incredibly proud of having you here. And I know our audience has probably never heard anybody like you talk about <laughs> things. Thank you, my friend. I'm incredibly grateful for you to be here. Um, so I know our listeners are going to want to know more about you and Lyric Culture and everything else you're doing and your music, um, your beautiful, beautiful music. Um, tell us uh, how they can find you. Okay. Um, Lyric Culture is L-Y-R-I-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. So it's Lyric and Culture together, but they share the C. Um, WendyColona.com is my my own music, lyriculture.com is what we're talking about today, but I guess I can't separate that from me. Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y-C-O-L-O-N-N-A. That's me. And um, audience, I encourage you to go find out more about Wendy, uh, both on Lyriculture's website 
and also uh, go hear her music on her website. And yeah. um, the and great news her. about going virtual is if yeah. you uh, audience were looking for Wendy live, you might have to be in the town where she was playing live. But if you see a virtual event she's put on, whether Boom. you're... Ontario, Canada, Dallas, Texas, San Diego, California, you can show up for that. That yeah. gift that all the Zooming has done for us. So Wendy, thanks again. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for doing what you do, Stefania. I, I, I love this. I love to listen to your podcast and I love just get. Hey, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Stefania Rigo, the host of the Lead Without Limits podcast. And this is the Transformational Tidbits segment. Before I get started, I'd like to add to the guest interview you just listened to. During my chat with Wendy Colonna, I mentioned a book that was relevant to the conversation. Since I read two to three books at a time, I had a memory lapse and forgot the author's name, I'd like to correct the lapse. The book is awesome and I highly recommend it. So the title is Creativity Rules and the author is Tina Selig. That's spelled S-E-E-L-I-G. Okay, now that I've corrected my mishap, let's get to the tidbit for today. I'd like to share thoughts about chunking down our big project and goals to what I like to refer to as my one inch. It's super common when we are at the start of a new big project to feel overwhelmed. We're unsure of where to start, lack focus, and may end up procrastinating and not starting at all, just paralyzed at the starting gate. Let's look at it through a different lens. The reality is that right now, all you have to do is start by taking the first small step. You do not have to have the whole project figured out and done right now, right? You have to just take one tiny piece, the first one inch. So all you have to do is figure out what that one first inch is. Make it small. Something that you can complete if you focus in 15 or 30 minutes. When that is complete, pause, feel good about having started, and then focus on the next small step, the next one inch. This helps shift our thinking from overwhelm to manageable pieces we can be confident about completing. If you chunk down the project into these small pieces and take immediate action to complete that one doable inch, you will move the project forward to completion. You'll get in the flow and before you know it, you will be on it. I hope this was helpful and that you get to apply this to something you've been procrastinating on starting for a while. Reach out if you wanna talk more about this or anything else through email. You can uh, go to my website, www.stefania, S-T-E, 
F-A-N-I-A-R-I-G-O.com and email me through my website or directly at Stefania at StefaniaRigo.com. You can also, I'd love it if you wrote a review about this podcast. That really helps, right? And Wendy Colonna was so fabulous. Let's make sure as many people as possible uh, get to hear her story and her wonderful uh, advice. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Stefania Rigo Coach. Take care. Grateful to have you as a listener. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead Without Limits. Each week, we bring you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business and their community. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Lead Without Limits, go to EWNPodcastNetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. Until next time, remember that as leaders, we have the power to shape the future of society and our planet. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here today to lead without limits in your own life. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.